Hi, I'm Tefera Jemian. And I'm Hannah Bailey. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! yeah. So for January, we've decided to take a little bit of a break from themes and topics, Mm -hmm. and we're just going to get to some old, good old-fashioned comfort books. So we're choosing books that we like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hannah is choosing this week's. I chose next week's. Caddy will choose the one after. Mm -hmm. And we're just talking about why we love them, what it Mm -hmm. is about them. Yeah, we're just doing some real like cozy books that make us happy after... A fall that had a lot of heaviness in it. And this time it's going to be for real because these are ones we have read and reread and we know Mm -hmm. they feel good. Yes. Not saying there won't ever be problematic faves, but, you know, Mm -hmm. calm down, everybody. Yeah. I'm gesturing at us, the hosts, more (laughs) than any of you. So... This week, Hannah's pick, we're doing Red, White, and Royal Blue. I was really excited that Hannah picked this one because Mm -hmm. a lot of you have asked us to do it. And we haven't done it because it is not strictly YA, although it is about young people. They're all of legal drinking age, and that makes it new adult rather than young adult. (laughs) And that means it can be a lot steamier. Mm -hmm. Uh, This book's real sexy. It's more of a romance novel. Very much. But I understand why people have suggested it as YA because Mm -hmm. it does feel a little bit genre bending. And you know, we Mm -hmm. like genre bending around here. So Mm -hmm. Red, White and Royal Blue, as most of you probably know, is a book about the first son of the United States and the Prince of Wales meeting, having friction and falling in steamy love. Uh, I loved this book. This book is hot. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to it on audiobook, and it just feels so much naughtier when it's on audiobook. Oh, yeah. It's a very good audiobook also. Um, yeah. The accents were a little distracting to me. Okay. I felt like the English accent was just a hair too posh. I felt like it made, made Henry sound very old. <laughs> but maybe I'm just not used to posh English accents, yeah. honestly. I maybe don't have enough of an ear. Like, I I found that it, like, did his character well because he's, you know, he's very, he's very well read and he's a little bit buttoned up. I, I mean, he's and, royal. Yeah. He's very posh. He is, he's the epitome the of posh. Yeah, yeah. I think posh is leveled by how close you are to nobility. So I loved this book, but Hannah, you really love this book. I love this book. And you have read it many times. I have read it a few times. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to try and quantify exactly how many. Um, but I, I just, I love this book for like a lot of different reasons. Um, I mean, it's like you said, it's a very good and steamy love story. Um, but it's also very like tender. And it, yeah, it gets, it's very tender. I think it's really well characterized. Like, I really love the characters. Even the, like, secondary and tertiary characters are all, like, really, like, fleshed out. And, like, there's just a really interesting cast of characters. A lot of just, like, casual diversity, which is just really nice. I have to I, say, I know when you use the word tender that you really liked something. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one of my little benchmarks. <laughs> I really like tenderness. 
<laughs> Tenderness is important to me. Yeah. yeah, that's literally. So I have a. I made a little note of the things that I like about this All book, right. and it's very tender is on the list. Yeah, so I like that it's like it's it's primarily a romance, but it's also I think does a really good job of also being sort of a book about Alex's growth in general as well as being a romance. And okay, so two of the big like sort of thematic, I guess, things that I really really like about the book is I love the coming out narrative in this book. So, I was saying to to Taffer earlier, the the way that I like found out about this book was via a tweet from the author before the book came out where she was defending the realism of Alex not figuring out he's queer till his early 20s. And we were both talking like this it rings very true. Like I think when I first started reading like queer books, like this was like before like the explosion of queer YA so it was like Annie on my mind and stuff like that and those are all coming out narratives and they're all like angsty coming out narratives um they're all like you know fraught and sad and I think they're all very binary also they're also all very binary for sure Yeah. yeah so the fact that Alex is like a bi male protagonist is also just awesome. But yeah, like I love that I love that Alex's coming out narrative isn't really angsty. It's like he's deeply confused for a little while. He's like what is happening? Um but he's like once he figures it out, he's like okay, cool, chill. And and also like I love the work the book does of like Alex sort of like rewriting his perception of his history in light of this new information because I think that's something that a lot of queer people do after they come out is sort of like having to look back at the narrative of their lives and be like oh that's what that meant and oh yes this did exist back then and this is how it came out um and so I really love that I I had to um address the narrative I have about myself that I've never dated women Mm. because I had to go back and be like, oh, no, we just don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I also, I resonated with that story. I resonate with Alex a lot mm-hmm. as a character, um, but I resonated with that very strongly. I do think it's really realistic, especially for people who have um, mm-hmm. non-binary sexualities. Is that what we call it? What do we call it? We call um, it... Non-monosexualities. Non-monosexualities, thank you. Yeah. It always just makes me think of monocots and dicots, and I just see like fields of grain. (laughs) I love you. I'm not (laughs) corn. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) amazing. Um, Yeah, so I really, I really love that. Like, there's Alex really likes lists, and there's at one point when he's figuring this out that he just makes a list of all the people that he realizes he's been attracted to, (laughs) and it's it's really great. I still do that to self validate. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and there's also, um, I think Teffer was remarking on this earlier, but the book does a really good job of like making things obvious to us before they're obvious to Alex, but in a way that like it's like, oh yeah, of course Alex is intentionally oblivious about this, but it's very much the case. Like I'm pretty sure there's a great little line, and I'm pretty sure this is before Alex and Henry get together, where June is like, are you watching videos of Justin Trudeau speaking French again? <laughs> and Alex is like, no, that's not a thing I do. And she's like, I've, I've seen you doing it at least twice. Um, and it's just like, oh, Alex, you have 
do you know why you're doing that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I mean, he talks about having the centerfold of Henry. Oh, yeah. As a kid and just going and, and touching his hair. It. And it's just kind of like, well, honey, that's not a straight that's not a straight thing to do. That's not a thing straight people do. <laughs> it's not a straight thing to do, baby. Not, but but <laughs> but is something I relate to. Just being like, mm-hmm. no, I just really like Kira Knightley in mm-hmm. Bend It Like Beckham, just because she's so um cool. Yeah, I just really <laughs> think she's really pretty, and I want to be like her. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what it is. It's yeah. you know being like her. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's such a good, it's such a well done narrative of that. And then there's, when he's figuring it out, there's also a great line that's like, like something like Alex realized that like straight people probably don't spend a lot of time convincing themselves they're straight, (laughs) which is like my entire high school experience. I like can't even speak. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's just like, oh, Alex. Um, so I love that. Um, and then one of the other things that I really like sort of thematically about the book is um, there's this big sense, especially from Henry, but I think also from Alex, that like they both really want to be together and out. Um, but they like it feels like something that they're not allowed to do. Just like it, fe- it feels like totally out of reach. And then it happens um, partially like partially by forces outside of their control, but they do ultimately like choose to stick to stick with the truth um but it just i really love that narrative of like sort of finding out that things that you thought were impossible are actually within your power and are things that you can do um and i think that that relates to like a lot of different things um like yeah i think it's a really powerful part of the coming out narrative as well and i mm-hmm. think it's i think it's a really pivotal moment I mean, it certainly was for me. I think it's a really Mm -hmm. pivotal moment for queer people to come to the point of realizing this thing I have either consciously or unconsciously kept secret my Mm -hmm. whole life, I can put it out there. Mm -hmm. And even if there's blowback, even if there's consequences, it's possible. And I know for me that sense of possibility, even Mm -hmm. with consequences, because I think there's always consequences on some level. Otherwise we wouldn't mm-hmm. be implicitly pressured to keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that it's so nice to see that very well portrayed. Yeah. And it's the idea that like there will be consequences, but I can handle them. Yeah. Like, cause there are consequences for Alex and Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they can, they, they deal with them and, and ultimately like being able to be their authentic selves is worth the consequences. Yeah. That's it. it. It's worth it. I also like that it really shows, I think, um, coming out is always two parts. And some people do them very close together and some people do them spread apart. Um, Mm -hmm. You come out to yourself and and you come out to others. And for some people, those processes are very incorporated and very Mm -hmm. much one uh, part of the same process. And for Mm -hmm. some people like me you come out to yourself and then years later you come out Mm -hmm. publicly and I I liked that although they do come out pretty close together Mm -hmm. for Alex though not for Henry yeah Henry's a way example on the other end yeah it really does show the whole process which I think is sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't all something we don't always get in coming out narratives Mm -hmm. not this clearly anyway yeah yeah no it's true it's a really good 
because often they're conflated with each other um, or yeah you get the ones that are just coming out narratives or you get the I've known forever and now I'm coming out publicly and so it's yeah it's nice to get that sort of messy middle ground Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and one gay and one bi character and like there's just it really just uh, and Nora who's sort of very fluid yeah um, you just you really I feel get the whole spectrum Mm -hmm. without uh like, like, without talking about gender identity, but in terms yeah. of sexuality, you really get mm-hmm. the full spectrum. But you also have, like, there are lots of other queer characters on the periphery. Like, she's a fairly minor character, but I love Amy, who is, like, lesbian trans woman who can kill a man with her bare hands and also knits. I didn't realize Amy was a trans woman. It's only very briefly mentioned. I miss that. I miss that um, narrative. It's, like, it. it's basically dropped, like, at one point yeah. um, when Alex is... When Alex is, like, just sort of figuring out transition stuff and he's, like, yeah. trying to decide who to talk to. Okay. Um, he's kind of, like, listing various people who he could go talk to. He's like, oh, I could go, like, talk to Luna and ask him about his, like, you know, early sexual escapades. Or I could go downstairs and talk to Amy about her transition yeah. and her okay. wife. Okay, okay. Um, so it's literally just that one, like, talk to her about her transition. I love that. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Because it's just, like... It's just that is part of Amy's character is she's a trans it's just, woman. But it's so normal. Um and I then there's that. there's a mention later at um one of the like there there are these like r- the like rallies on like the steps of the White House in like support of him and Alex and there's like a he's watching it on TV and there's a shot of Cash and Amy yeah. and Amy's like wearing a trans flag pride pin. Um, and Cash is wearing a denim jacket that Amy has embroidered for him with the pansexual flag, and it's really oh, cute. That's so nice. I love this world where everyone in the White House is queer. I know. I guess except for Ellen, but like, yeah, like yeah. Ellen. Ellen's not, and we maybe can't have a queer president too. Yeah, and we don't. We don't really know. Like June is very. June is very. We're not sure. <laughs> Um, lest lest I erase this part of history, I do want to put it out there that there have been gay presidents yeah. of the United States, including I think James Buchanan. I think was the one who like lived with his boyfriend, and everybody okay. was just like, "Oh, what nice friends these two bachelors are." <laughs> so I just want to make sure that we're not, oh uh, yeah, that we're not like disappearing the historical mm-hmm. queerness of the presidency, which is documented. Yeah, that's one of the other things that, like, this book is really interested in queer history, because yeah. Alex and Henry are both really interested in queer history. And I really love... Like, I think, like, as a queer person, like, sort of starting to discover queer history is really, like, beautiful and powerful. And... Dangerous and cold. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry I cheapened that. <laughs> Terrible. Um, I have children. <laughs> Continue. I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's fine. And so I love, like, you have, and Alex, like, muses on this in the book, right? About, like, Henry has always had this really vested interest in it and like Henry happens to be named after the two gay kings which he loves and um two of the gay two two of the gay kings he phrases it as I got both the gay kings yeah Um, Henry and Richard yeah I think so and but then Alex is sort of like is like well I've always sort of known gay history because of my parents politics but he comes to this process of really starting to personally engage with it and and it's really beautiful. And then, of course, there's the whole bit where they 
like send each other excerpts from historical queer love letters um like like Eleanor Roosevelt and her girlfriend mm-hmm. and um like lots of other people and it's just <sighs> and they hook up against a portrait of Alexander Hamilton who was this too. bi like this it's just too. beautiful <laughs> and Alex is named Alex <gasps> yeah Oh my god. Yeah. I love this and he, book. And he's named after Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I love this book. It's so it's so good and then it's just like it's so I just think Casey McQuiston is an ex- incredibly good writer. Also how nice it is to read uh, an alternate history where Obama was followed by a woman. Yeah. Like that that also like this book is so cuz it's like I don't know. Sometimes in our political climate, you need escapism. And it's like so nice to just escape into this world where the president is like a badass lady Democrat from Texas. Um, I see her as Abby from Scandal for people who have watched Scandal. I just got into the political drama this year and I can't watch The West Wing because The West Wing, much to my partner's devastation, Mm -hmm. but The West Wing is too close to reality for me. So when I watch The West Wing, I'm just like, this is supposed to be a good president. Um, Mm. But when I watch Scandal, it's like, very clear that everybody's shit so okay. I can and it's also like fairly removed from reality and everyone's mm-hmm. really hot um <laughs> anyway so I liked reading a political drama mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's very it's just I just I just love all of it yeah it's really um, good it's a really like it's really well written yeah it's really well plotted yeah. um just like I love I also I love a good like enemies to lovers and I love a good like characters being super oblivious about stuff um and Alex is just I think we've talked about this but I love like the Alex being oblivious that he's gay but also like the long sort of like even the first time they hook up Alex says to Henry and it's clear that he's saying this to himself like this doesn't have to change anything like we're the same just friends that we were before just with blowjobs like it's fine Um, I I told I have said I relate mm -hmm. to Alex so hard as a character and that moment for me I have been in that moment okay Mm -hmm. I was in um, I'm gonna just tell this anecdote swiftly Mm because I don't like but in middle school there was this guy who I dated briefly and then Mm -hmm. he kissed another girl and then I broke up with him but punching him in the stomach because I was 12 and um but but like there was a lot of affection there there was a lot Mm -hmm. of tenderness there and we were really young and we didn't Mm -hmm. know how to talk about our feelings of course and several years later when we were a little older and had Mm -hmm. spent years being mad at each other for dating other people um we almost took it up again Mm -hmm. and uh so like we made out and then Mm -hmm. he was like can I talk to you the next day and just Little old me, this is how I approach things. And I had very low self-esteem as a teenager. And he's like, so like, uh, we should talk about yesterday. And I was like, it's fine. We don't have to talk about it. And he's like, but I like, I want to I wanna talk to you about this. And I was like, you know what? I totally understand. It was just a kiss. We don't have to date or anything. We can just, you know, it was fun. I had fun. It doesn't mean we're in a relationship. And he was just like, oh, you don't 
want to be in a relationship and I was like I don't want to make you do anything you don't want to and he's just like well okay and then I was heartbroken for the rest of high school yeah you're Alex and like the only reason I did not manage to do that with my current relationship was that after we hooked up Tom was like so I'm all in uh, just so you know, no matter how you feel, um, <laughs> I'm in love with you and I w- want to be with you forever. And I was just kind of like, this is a whole fucking lot. Can you not? <laughs> I'm having feelings and I would like to avoid them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that moment got me. Yeah. That moment, that is me. That is what I do. And the the combination of just Alex mm-hmm. wants deep emotional connection and wants romance and wants the whole thing and also is like I'm really cool so um I don't mm-hmm. have to have feelings for you and you don't have to have feelings for me <laughs> uh we'll just like yeah it's okay it's okay <laughs> Um, and I just like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. If I knew I wouldn't do it anymore. Uh, but like, you know, yeah. I have a crush on you if I start ignoring you, basically. Like, like because the minute I catch feelings for somebody, I'm just like, I can't talk to you anymore. Because <laughs> it might come out that I have feelings and that would be really, 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 really embarrassing. embarrassing. <laughs> so... Yeah. Anyway, I love Alex. The end. Yeah. And I, lo- I love that. And I also love how he sort of turns the corner to because like after you know after henry um like ignores him after he almost tells henry he loves him alex is just sort of i feel like alex just makes this decision like i have no dignity anymore what i care about is you i'm gonna come and literally yell at your window (laughs) that's not me though yeah, no, that's 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 I'm, not you. I would do more the Henry approach of dating somebody else that I didn't like very publicly. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that is that is the Henry approach. But okay, on the on the theme of Alex just ignoring all of his feelings, I just want to read one of my favorite quotes, um, which is, "That's what he would do if he were here in this palace to fall in love with Henry, and not just continuing this thing where they fly across the world to touch each other and don't talk about it." <laughs> And I just, I love that. Because it's like, Henry, you, Alex, you are falling in love with Henry. And telling yourself you're not is not going to make it not true. Are you sure? Because, <laughs> like, I I don't know, just personally. <laughs> I know, it didn't work for Alex. Personally, I feel like you can talk yourself out of anything. <laughs> given enough repression. <laughs> um. Okay, so the other thing, there's so many things that I like about this book. I could I could go on. But um I also really like th- right at the beginning um Alex's process of learning that his perception of reality isn't always reality. <laughs> like cuz he he has it so firmly in his head that Henry is boring and an asshole and like all of these things and hates him and, and that Henry hates him and these are all based on like things that it's like Alex if you thought a little bit more about this like Henry was mean to you one time there's this thing called personalization where sometimes we think that people are doing things because of us and they're actually doing it for totally unrelated reasons no, I don't think that's a real <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh. feeling, I'm feeling very targeted <laughs> okay Alex <laughs> And then, like, he gets this fact sheet on Henry when they have to pretend to be best friends. And he's like, oh, my goodness, this is all so boring. And doesn't 
even consider what is actually the truth, which is most of it isn't true and is just royal publicity bullshit. Yeah, it's a PR sheet. Yeah. Um, like, whose favorite food is mutton pie? Nobody's. You know, no, you know whose favorite food is mutton pie is Norman from British Bake Off. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, 100%. That, that's guys who just make shortbread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then him, like, gradually, like, when he's like, like, David, that's a dog tax attorney. And then Henry's like, yeah, he's named after Bowie. It would be too obvious to call him Bowie. <laughs> And it's like, Henry, I love you. I love dogs with people names, so I can't really, um, I don't really tell on that. But yeah, I mean, he's also yeah. just finding reasons to, to hate Henry on he every is. level. Because if he admits that he doesn't hate Henry, he has to admit that he stroked Henry's hair <laughs> in, a, in a centerfold for years. Yes. Which, again, going back to that anecdote about the guy, I, I hated him. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Never mind that if I was, like, upset about something, I would just kind of go linger near where he was so we could talk about it. But I hated him. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, I know that he has no idea that these, like, super strong emotions. And then that everybody else, like Nora and June, know that he has a huge crush on Henry the whole time. And they're just like, this is just a thing. It's fine. (laughs) June being Alex's sister and Nora being their kind of collective best friend. Yeah. She's the the daughter of the VP. Mm -hmm. And they're all like the same age. Mm -hmm. um, And they are collectively referred to as the White House trio. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, Nora's also, I love Nora. She's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I love Nora's habit of, like, saying things that are obvious to her and then realizing that she's three steps ahead of everyone else and being like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. Um, her Alex has his coming out conversation with her. Mm-hmm. And it's very hilarious. She keeps just being like, oh, sorry, did you not know? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you wanted him to fuck you forever. And he's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> Everybody should have a friend like that. Yes. Yes, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's such a good, it's such a fun book and such a, like, part of also why I picked this book is, like, I l- love this book, but it's also, like, it has solid politics and, like, I mean, everything is probably problematic in some way, but it is, like, it is pretty solid. Um, and so it's like a book that you can just enjoy and not even feel bad about at all or like have to think critically because it's just good. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's <laughs> great. I I can't find fault with it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. And I was not expecting it to be that hot. It is. It is it's, quite hot. <laughs> God, it's so hot. Like Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the banter, the sex banter. They have very good pillow talk. I love a good sex banter. I love a good, like, I love when it's like Henry in the bed is totally different. Yes. And is like an animal and it's awesome. And Uh it's just like, I love seeing someone reserved just like, I mean, I know it's Mm -hmm. a romance trope, but I love it. I love seeing somebody reserved just like, break out of that reservation and be like no 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 okay yeah this is what we're doing it's so hot it's It's very so hot (laughs) their sexual dynamic wasn't what I expected which Mm -hmm. was really fun like I had kind of set up categories in my head Mm. and this book just continually flips my expectations which I love yeah it's hot it is yeah it's a very it's a very sexy book 
Um, yeah. And it's a very, it's a very tender book. <laughs> this is, this is, this is our two personalities. <laughs> yeah, this is very much because, because my sort of perception of the sex scenes is like, yes, they're hot, but they're mostly about feelings. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and I like it that way. <laughs> they're absolutely mostly about feelings. <laughs> Some kind of feelings. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, yeah, this is very much. But it is. It's 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 whole body fucking. Like yeah. it's it's whole self fucking, which is mm-hmm. the best kind of fucking. Yes. So like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to. I wish the listeners could see sort of Teffer's gesture, whole body gesture for whole body fucking. I start acting like a like a New Jersey Italian guy when they talk about sex. <laughs> You know it's a whole body fucking, <laughs> and my shoulders get in it, my arms get in it. If anybody has ever seen me talk, they've seen me do this though, because this is just the Mediterranean. Because you talk about sex always. <laughs> yes, also. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> that was a joke, but it's also fairly accurate. It's very accurate. Um. <laughs> anyway, yes, I I like this book, and mm-hmm. I uh, when the more I like something, the more I move my arms when mm-hmm. I talk about it. Yeah, um, and they see. I had this secret fear that you were not going to love this book as much oh. as I do, and I was going to be so sad if that happened. So I'm very glad that you love this book as much as I do. I do. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I really love it. I'm very happy I read it. Um, yeah. Thank you to everybody who's been like <laughs> yes. to read it. Um, Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't give it to a twelve year old. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give it to even like a like I'd maybe give it to like a high school senior. No, I would say like fifteen and up. Okay, yeah. Kids are having sex. At yeah, 15. that's true. Like I don't want to make anybody pass out, but like yeah, that's true. By and fifteen, actually, you have a sexual awareness. If I had read this book at fifteen, I might have figured out I was queer a lot sooner. Well, so. and it's really and it and it models really healthy sex and relationships. Mm-hmm. I think it does. that's the significant thing. Like yes. with a romance novel, I'm not always going to recommend it to a teen mm-hmm. because I need to see how much it is a fantasy, and yeah. like I can enjoy a fantasy sex scene where I know mm-hmm. that the power plays or the dynamics or whatever are yeah. fantasy, but I wouldn't necessarily give that to a teenager who's figuring out sexuality. This is a book that I wouldn't have reservations about giving mm-hmm. to a teenager because it models really really healthy sexuality yeah, yeah models really good sort of consent and mm-hmm. communication and safe sex henry's travel size lube in his um that's just in his toiletry kit just kills me everybody should have travel uh. size lube in their toiletry <laughs> kit lube is very useful yeah yes. and also it like alex is just like I guess this is just something Henry has in his toiletry kit. Okay. Yeah. It's responsible. It's 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 hilarious. People don't talk Mm -hmm. about lube enough. No. This book talks about lube. Yeah. That's Um, important. If you're going to, like, have safe sex practices, that's important. mm -hmm. Yeah. It reduces micro tears. It reduces infections. It makes things more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, Also, just want to shout out for a moment Ellen offering to have the gay sex talk with Alex is is a beautiful beautiful moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ellen is so good Ellen's very yeah and so this is the other thing I really the parent the parent child relationships in this book are really good Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I really love is um this book explores how different children can experience the same parents very differently 
because of how like June and Alex both relate to their mother and how they relate to her in different ways and how they have different experiences of sort of how effective a parent she is based on who they are and what they need. And I love that June is just so like out front with it with Alex. She's like, you know how good of a mom she is kind of depends on what you need from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and like basically like the she's like she's a better mom to you than she is to me because you're more like her than I am. Yeah. Which like um like that's so real. Like parents yeah. always try I was I was thinking about this reading this mm-hmm. book. I was like is it possible to be as good a parent to, you know, all of your children based on their needs? Mm-hmm. And um I would like to say yes. Because mm-hmm. I hope that I can do that for my kids. Yeah. But like, you know, we talk about this in parenting a lot. You always have blind spots. Mm-hmm. There's always kids that you're, it's always going to be easier. Like I'm already getting mm-hmm. confused by my kid being like really good at math. And mm-hmm. I have dyscalculia and I'm just kind of like, this is dyscalculia. Anyway, I'm like, this yeah. is different from me. And I like can't like yeah. meet you there. Mm-hmm. Um I like the very realistic family working through a difficult divorce and finding something that works for everybody. Mm -hmm. I love um, Leo. Leo's great. I love that Leo just kind of gets dropped into the story at some point. Mm -hmm. Leo is Alex's stepdad. Mm-hmm. And he is just so okay with everything. Yeah. Like, he understands the importance of the kids seeing their dad, and he's mm-hmm. not jealous about it, and he yeah. doesn't make a big deal about it, and he's so happy just being the supportive husband Ellen needs. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a really good sense of boundaries, you know? Yeah. I really liked seeing that very positive stepfather figure. Yeah, it's great. Leo is great. Um, I also just, because it is a political drama, imagine Leo from the West Wing, which is kind of funny. (laughs) And then the other side of parents I love is I love um, what we get with Henry and Catherine and and how, because I feel like it's a really good sort of exploration of like understanding why parents have let you down, but still holding them to account. Because so it's basically... Um, Henry's father dies when he's like 15 and um, his mother kind of just checks out at that point and so she still like loves her children and cares about them but isn't really an active parent beyond that point and um, and Henry calls her out and is like you like you can say that you love and support me but if you are not in my corner like against my grandmother who wants to keep me in the closet and all of this then like it doesn't that doesn't do anything and I really I really love that because I think it sort of like I think it does a good job of sort of like understanding that parents are people and that they're gonna fail but they they also like can still be held accountable to that and like they're like adult children can still need things from their parents and so I really love how all of that is explored as well. Yeah, me too. I think it's it's really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of queens and grandmothers yeah. and royals, I just want to address the fact, because this was completely coincidental, mm-hmm. totally. but we read this book the week of Megxit, of, <laughs> of Meghan and Harry stepping back from their mm-hmm. life as royals. And this book is Prince Harry fanfic. <laughs> I mean, it, it just is. It's like, what if Prince Harry was gay and then kind of spins off from that? Mm-hmm. I think really clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And there was just something really fun about reading this narrative of <laughs> Prince Henry finding his own way to live in the royal family at mm-hmm. the same time that Prince Harry and Meghan are finding their way to live in the royal family. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really delightful to me. We mm-hmm. didn't plan this out. Yeah. Just want to say that I wholeheartedly support the boundary Mm -hmm. setting that they are demonstrating Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly support people doing what is best for them and their their nuclear families before what is best and expected by their extended family Mm -hmm. clearly i live in you know the the colonies or whatever we are um and so i don't fully understand people Mm -hmm. being pissed about it or madame tussauds this pettily removing their <laughs> statues which like on the one hand i find it hilarious on the other hand come the fuck down <laughs> harry is sixth in line to the throne yeah like sixth <laughs> like sixth okay this is not like i mean i feel bad for william and kate saying like this is not prince william but like it's not it's not mm. the crown prince it's, yeah it, it, chill um, and also the crown prince has abdicated in the past and oh, the mm-hmm. monarchy survived. Somehow the monarchy is still surviving in 2020. Take what you have. Yeah. <laughs> you still have a monarchy. Good. Nobody got God. guillotined. Chill. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I would send this book to to um, to Harry and Catherine. I like to think, or yeah, Catherine. <laughs> God, somebody shoot me. Don't. Please. It's not a good joke to make in this day and age. Um, No, that's true. Um, But I feel like Harry and Meghan would enjoy reading this book. Yeah. You know, it's a good book. I feel like Archie would enjoy reading this book when he's no longer just a cute, fat little baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're moving to Canada. So So that's fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I love... You know, the royal family has been just horribly racist towards Meghan Markle. So, like, maybe just, like, chill out and understand why they maybe want some boundaries when Mm -hmm. you're being a dick to her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's a really... I mean, this book also is a really good, like, exploration of sort of this, this obsession with appearances and this sort of like idea of duty that it's like but what is the duty like what is duty really doing like why 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 are these things that we think are important actually important what is duty right yeah like, duty is something people throw around a lot and i think it is mm-hmm. often used to just enforce abusive dynamics frankly that's very much how it plays out in yeah. in these books i don't is... think people talk about duty unless they're trying to force you to do something no no no, yeah, and yeah, it's just, anyways, the, the talking about abdication just reminded me of another favorite line from this mm-hmm. book where Henry is threatening to abdicate. Of course, he doesn't actually, yeah. um, but he's like, our great uncle abdicated because he was a Nazi. It would be hardly be the worst reason that somebody's done it. <laughs> I mean, it's also like, I just feel like, okay, you have Meghan and Harry stepping back from royal life, and then you have Prince Andrew, who's a pedophile. And, like, who are you mad at? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, oh. Buddy of Epstein. Uh, yeah. I don't know very much about the royals at all. Yeah, um, so... You know about Jeffrey Epstein, who didn't kill himself? Like, very vaguely, not yeah. really. So, 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 like, trafficker of yeah. children mm-hmm. to wealthy people was killed in prison so that he wouldn't testify. Okay. It was a suicide. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so Prince Andrew, who 
was a friend and frequently procured teenage prostitutes from Jeffrey Epstein um, and has had to just, you know, quietly step back. Who and, is Prince Andrew? Uh, I think he's Elizabeth's brother. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe one of her sons. Yeah. I, I should fact check One of that. them. But like a close member of the yeah. family. And they've just been so quiet about that. And she just gets swept under and, the rug and, and it's, yeah. This is what's blowing up. And I just feel like it's just like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like figure figure out where you stand. It's time to get with the times, honestly. And this is something Elizabeth yeah. should understand, because mm-hmm. the monarchy has changed yeah. while she's been queen, um, and like changed quite a lot very soon mm-hmm. before her becoming queen. It's just yeah. you've got to be anyway. I have feelings about this, but yeah. like I liked reading this book about monarchs mm-hmm. at this point when everything's going crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's very topical, and it it engages well with monarchy, and um, like engages well with like you know like Henry thinking about colonialism and kind of like kind of like Henry being a royal who doesn't think that the royal family is a good yeah. idea, and and sort of what he does about that. Yeah, because monarchy is weird. Mm-hmm. Being being born into that kind of power is weird. Yeah. Um, I think there's a reason there haven't really been direct lines of succession in any monarchy. There are always coups and takeovers because mm-hmm. it is weird. Yeah. And I mean, that that brings me to another thing that I think this book is a really interesting portrayal of celebrity and kind of the like mental toll of celebrity and like how celebrity isn't really as great as we think it's going to be and, and all of that. Yeah. For sure. And I like the two different approaches, too, with, like, Henry, who was born into this and doesn't really want it, Mm -hmm. and Alex, who wasn't born into it, whose mother was elected into it, Mm -hmm. whose sister doesn't want it and feels that it really uh, Mm -hmm. uh, gets in the way of her career because she's a journalist, and it's hard to be objective when you're the family. It's Mm -hmm. hard to be perceived as objective when you're a family of a political member. Mm -hmm. And Alex, who's very excited to have that position Mm -hmm. and really wants that celebrity and wants that visibility, Mm -hmm. um, that creates a really interesting dynamic. Yes. Um, And it's, I think, an interesting look also at how dynasty happens in the U.S. as well and in Mm -hmm. democracies as well. It's true. It is much easier to be elected the second Bush president when your father was the first Bush president. Yeah. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, That's an interesting dynamic at play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's a really, it's just a really good and multifaceted book. And I think it has a lot of good things to say and is also just very like sweet and enjoyable and great. Um, I can also very much plug the audiobook, which is how I read this book because it's quite a good audiobook. I seconded, yeah. I sometimes cannot listen to audiobooks if they're not well narrated, but when they're well narrated, I love them. And this one is very well narrated. Yeah, I've really been discovering audiobooks. I've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but because I have small children, it's a lot harder for me yeah. to find the time to sit down and read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed this audiobook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for uh, bringing this one to the table. Oh, thank you for bending, allowing the YA rule to be bent. And I mean, <laughs> liking it as much as I do. I'm not the dictator. No, no, but we're 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 a democracy. Yeah. So if somebody had stringent, um, absolutely not. <laughs> so when I was pitching this, I was like, I will choose a real YA book if you want, but also this one's really good. Oh, it's really good. I'm glad we read it. Yeah, I, I think. A lot of our listeners have asked for it. Um, yeah. 
It's a good one. It's really good. And I think new adult is such an interesting genre too, because so many young, like young, like actual young adults, as in early 20 somethings read a lot of YA um, because there's not a lot of fiction written for Mm -hmm. like early 20 somethings. And so I think it's cool that that is starting. Um, and this author actually has a new book coming out, I think, next year that's a um, like also a queer love story with two female protagonists. And it sounds great. Okay. And I'm very excited for it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would be... This is a bold statement, but I would be happy to include a new adult in our repertoire. Excellent. I wouldn't want it to become like the, the bulk no. of what we read, but like but when, I, they're so close. They're very the categories close. are so close. They deal with similar oh. themes of coming of age yeah. and figuring your world out and Yeah. 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 And I think it's also just a like a mm-hmm. necessary extension of when young adults started, mm-hmm. like in the like like Judy Bloom era. Yeah. You were more likely to have a job and a house and whatever in your early twenties and now you're not. And True. and just kind of the coming of age arc has stretched with our generation because we are crippled by debt. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. You have people approaching 30 and being mm-hmm. like, <laughs> of course I don't have a career. How could I possibly have a career when I like can't make money? Um, mm-hmm. So there's also just capitalism. Yeah. Blow up. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, it's changed. Really need to redistribute some wealth. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Um, no, who redistributes wealth is Henry, and that's one of the reasons why we love him. Another thing that happened with with the real royal family is mm-hmm. that Prince William announced a prize for like the best uh, climate change initiative, but like people have been responding with like the amount of money it would cost to solve climate change is like three hundred billion or something. Yeah. The value of the royal family is like thirty four trillion. It's like here I solved it. <laughs> <laughs> I solved it for you. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway. Oh yeah. Right. And I mean, that's part of one of part of the things that Harry and Meghan are doing are becoming financially independent from the wealth of the crown, which I mm-hmm. think is a really ethical move. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I support them and I'm glad they're coming to Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're happy to have you, uh, yeah. Meghan Welcome. and Harry. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, so this week, so that was um, Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. It came out this year, last year now. It's a new year. Um, it's great. You should read it. Absolutely. It came out in 2019? Yeah, May 2019. Why did I think it was older? No, just 2019 was six years old. Okay. (laughs) True. Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, foodback, feedback, if you want to send us food, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyappodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yappodcast and individually at tefferbear and at thebalesosaurus. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. If you don't like the show, why are you listening to the end credits? You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shoutout to our patrons, Catherine Rash, Kat McGuire, Erica Stutchberry, Lizzie Tenhoff, Chantal Thomas, and Matt Dever. You're all great. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Tee Public. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, by subscribing on Spotify. That's when we really want to push right now, so please do that. And by sharing this episode with a friend, maybe a friend who has strong opinions about royals, likes hot books, likes tender books, likes scandal, mm-hmm. is free.
eBay. <laughs> yes. Uh, special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Tefra Jemian and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Dungeons, Dragons, Canada, the Multiverse Theory, Corgis, Queer Representation, Reconciliation, Angels, Demons, Squirrels, Moose, Moose and Squirrels, Sorcerers, Dinosaurs, Forests, Giants, Rogues, Warlocks, Plains, Sewers, Lavender, Natural Toonie, a Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast, right here on the Upford Network. If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else.